Hello, I'm Danine Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. We will also take a look at the week's biggest agricultural news stories. On shelf this week is our 19 February issue. This week's main feature articles include a piece on the recent boom in citrus, avocado and macadamia production in South Africa. These industries have experienced rapid growth on the back of rising demand and prices. And the article takes a look at whether the positive market sentiment for these products is likely to hold, especially in export markets. Other articles include a basic guide to pruning fruit trees as well as a profile on the winner of the 2020 Agricultural Research Council National Emerging Beef Farmer of the Year Award. Finally, um, readers can look forward to a report on a new stock theft prevention device that has been developed by South African farmers. The citrus, avocado and macadamia industries have boomed in recent years, and this was due to rising demand and prices. As I mentioned, our main feature article this week investigates whether this positive market sentiment will continue in the next couple of years. According to industry leaders we spoke to, if there is one central message to consider on the back of the boom in the avocado, macadamia and citrus industries, it's that health foods are moving up on global shopping lists. Gross industry returns for all three industries have grown at a faster rate than production, fueled by a trend of healthy eating, superfood labels, and, where nuts are concerned, a move to replace animal protein with plant-based alternatives. Consumption is only set to increase, as demand continues to outstrip supply for these three crops, with no signs of slowing down. The bigger question remains if South African farmers and related support industries can keep up. Avocado orchards in South Africa now total 14,700 hectares. Citrus is at 96,000 hectares. And macadamias is already at nearly 55,000 hectares. Given that demand for these products is still growing, there is no reason to believe that the future is anything but solid. And there are still several untapped markets such as India, who has a large population with a growing middle class. However, the one constraint that could curb growth in these industries is lack of water, which industry leaders say is the single biggest issue holding growth in these produce back. According to Justin Chadwick, who is the CEO of the Citrus Growers Association, most citrus-growing regions are now using as much water as is available with little resilience should weather variations become the norm. According to him, it is unlikely that the industry will continue to grow in hectares unless it grows due to the replacement of other crops currently already under irrigation. Moving on to the livestock producer featured in this week's issue, Leratu Senakomo, the 2020 Agricultural Research Council National Emerging Beef Farmer of the Year, runs her Nguni herd in a semi-intensive feeding system. Leratu believes that the key to successful cattle production is proper planning and management. After completing her studies in agriculture in 2014, Leratu was granted a 30-year lease on 430 hectares of land near Nigel by the Gauteng Department of Agriculture and Rural Development. Due to cash flow challenges on the farm, 
In 2015, a year after she started farming, she sold all the cattle, opting for sheep instead because this allowed for a quicker turnaround time. But she still had an interest in cattle farming. And then in 2016, she applied for a cattle loan from the Industrial Development Corporation's Nguni Cattle Development Project. Her first interview to qualify for the program was not successful. After this, she says she was initially too discouraged to go for a second time, but her parents and extension officers encouraged her to apply again. Her second try was successful and she received 72 heads of cattle. She has since grown this herd to 130 cattle, consisting of a core breeding herd of 48 cows and one bull. The Ratu has managed to maintain a 90% conception rate for the herd. And from this group, she achieves a 100% calving rate and weaning weight. She keeps detailed performance records of all her cattle, recording information such as date of birth, number of calves born per day, and the sex of calves. She also records birth and weaning weights, saying that at weaning, roughly at around six months, Calves have to be about 40 to 50% of their mother's weight. Finally, Lerato says that even though disease have not been a major problem on the farm, she still follows a strict vaccination program for diseases such as lumpy skin and brucellosis. In our crop section this week, you can learn all about the basics of pruning fruit trees. Dr. Nigel Cook, the founder of the horticultural consultancy Profita, says that people tend to overcomplicate pruning when in reality it is a simple form of tree manipulation. Pruning, he says, is definitely not rocket science. The fundamentals have been established in the 1890s already with hardly any research bringing new insights since then. Cook explains that pruning is used for three reasons. Firstly, to manipulate the tree shape. Secondly, to manage light within a tree canopy. And lastly, to reduce or manage the number of flower buds or bearing positions. These, in turn, are related to different stages in a tree or plant's life. In reality, according to Cook, there are only two techniques used on all trees, from citrus to apples and pears, stone fruit, berries, and also non-fruiting shrubs and trees. Heading, or topping, refers to the decapitation of the top part of a shoot, branch, or tree, while thinning, the second method, refers to, re to the removal of entire side shoots or branches. These techniques cause two very different physiological responses in the tree. Cook explains that the disturbance of apical dominance by the cutting of the top part of a shoot, branch, or tree sparks a complex hormonal reaction within minutes, leading to increased vegetative growth and reduced fruiting for up to two years. On the other hand, in most plants or trees, heading causes the weakening of the dominance of the main trunk, with trees ending up looking more like a bush. Thinning, on the other hand, does not disrupt apical dominance and does not have any impact on vegetative growth or fruiting. If done correctly, it will improve light penetration, which in turn can improve yields and fruit quality. Let's quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. 
the International Finance Corporation and Dutch Entrepreneurial Development Bank have granted a three million pound loan, that's about 54 million rand, to United Exports, which will use this finance to expand the company's Ausblue blueberry orchards in South Africa. United Exports produces, packages and distributes blueberries under its Ausblue brand within South Africa, but exports about 90% of its output to markets outside of the continent. The company currently employs around 3,800 permanent and seasonal workers. And according to John, John Salter, CEO of United Exports, the planned expansion was expected to create up to 150 new permanent jobs and an additional 1,250 seasonal jobs. According to Salters, South Africa continues to see remarkable growth in the blueberry industry and United Exports is determined to lead this industry growth with its world-class Ausblue varieties. Berries ZA confirmed that exports has increased from 12,000 tons in 2019 to about 15,500 tons in 2020, with exports taking up approximately 70% of South Africa's production each year. Some worrying news on the environmental front, the Department of Environment, Forestry and Fisheries has cited wide-ranging factors that have contributed to a significant decline in the Kruger National Park's white and black rhino populations. The department was responding to recent media reports and public concern about this drastic decline in rhino numbers. According to Sand Parks' 2020 annual report, in 2019, the almost 2 million hectare Kruger National Park had an estimated 3,500 rhino white rhino and an estimated 268 black rhino. This was in sharp contrast with data from 2013, which recorded almost 9,000 white rhino and an estimated 415 black rhino in the park. According to Kathy Dean, CEO of Save the Rhino International, these shocking numbers have confirmed their worst fears about the number of rhinos in the Kruger National Park. She said rhino in the park have suffered immensely since the poaching crisis first gripped the country in 2008, adding that these latest figures are showing the full and devastating scale of the problem. Departmental spokesperson Albi Mudise said it was not only the poaching of individual animals that had directly contributed to the decline in the Kruger National Park's rhino populations. He explains that poachers killing rhino cows also ultimately kill dependent calves and cause the future loss of potential calves. This effect equates to an additional five rhinos lost to the population for every one cow that is poached. Poaching also results in factors such as social disruption of black rhino societies, which then cause cows to conceive less often. On to other news. The current shortage of avocados on the South African market and resultant high prices for this fruit is contributing to unscrupulous growers harvesting and selling immature fruit as well as theft of avocados. This was according to Derek Donkin, the CEO of the South African Avocado Growers Association, who said that a theft was common across the avocado industry. However, it was difficult to quantify the losses farmers suffered as a result of this theft. 
anecdotal evidence suggested that these losses ran into millions of rands. Duncan explained that avocados were stolen in South Africa because the fruit was of high value. Unemployment was also sometimes a contributing factor. He said that this crime was well organized and often hawking stalls were owned by crime entrepreneurs who employed people to run the stalls on their behalf. Duncan also said that certain avocado varieties sold in the local retail sector or on the roadside in January would not ripen as it was likely that they had been stolen and picked too soon for the fruit to be able to ripen. He said that in South Africa, the bulk of avocados were produced from March to September, with the new season harvest usually starting only in early February. Consumers, he said, should look out for fruit without a small stem or a stump attached, as these fruit were likely to have been stolen. Farmers would usually leave some of the stem attached to the fruit, he said. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Weekly Wrap. Join us again next week when one of my colleagues will discuss some of the features from the 26th February issue in which you can read about a mango farmer from Mpumalanga who is achieving better yields by manipulating the timing of flowering in his orchards. We also take a look at how soil degradation is affecting felt conditions and livestock production in Namibia. In the livestock section, one of South Africa's top brown bee breeders explains the economic importance of this breed in the South African beef cattle industry. And you can also read about recent research, which has revealed a surprising benefit that warthogs can offer livestock producers. Remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Week ESA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming.